Ladies and gentlemen, two fighters enter. One fighter leaves the Listeners, welcome back to Grudge Match. We found Sammy in a Cancun bar, passed out, and lamenting the Lakers win in the finals for his Celtics, for his Clippers. Sammy, how is Cancun, buddy? I'm, I'm still trying to recover from uh, that, that loss uh, from L.A. And then uh, I had another bar, uh, parlay spread going for the t uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the, the Dodgers. Oof. I really thought uh, the Rays were going to pull the W out, but, uh, you know, I had to drown myself in pina coladas and uh, Mai Tais. <laughs> I, I completely forgot I was there for a wedding. Uh, but congratulations to Melissa and uh, Cameron Nelson. Uh, congratulations to you two, even though I don't remember how long I was in Cancun for. Cancun! You know, it's, 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 a, it's a good weekend, it, and it's been a good couple of weeks for Melissa and Cameron. It's been a good couple of weeks for L.A., not so great for Tampa. Um. <laughs> I love how the the sporting world, the shops, you know, fanatics, lids, they're all like, oh, Los Angeles is a city of champions. Well, what happened with Boston a couple years ago? New England won the Super Bowl the same exact time the Red Sox won the World Series. What 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 was happening? What was I I is it because LA is just so popular? It's like people just forget about you know what, like, dude? What it's honestly, on it's marketing. E even, even in, even in their uh, uh, championship doldrums, you have the L.A. Dodgers, you have the Lakers. I mean, like, even what was it? Uh, L.A. is a city of front-running glamour. Um, even, even their hockey team. Look, look at what happened when when the Kings won the cup, and all of a sudden you saw merchandise all around. L.A. teams just know how to market, whereas Boston has lived off of a branding image of just angry, angry people with neck beards for almost a century now. Listen, that, that's the best thing. We're, we're, a, we're a hardworking city there, uh, my man. Uh, the, you know, the whole flying Hawaiian, I'm telling you, we are just, we carry our lunch pails to the, you know, Boston Garden. We carry it to the Cathedral of Boston Fenway Park. You don't get any better than that. But What's even better is that I well, it's not really any better. It was like my betting odds. Like I've I've lost a couple of bets, except one bet recently against your boy Danny Dimes and the King Brady. Where is your King? That is my flying Hawaiian impersonation of you know what? Where is um, your Sammy. King? The King has been made fun of. The King has taken his throne in. Tampa. I just want to. I just want to. Contextualize what is happening right now. Sammy is mocking me in favor of his favorite quarterback of all time, in that he beat a two-year-old Danny Dimes behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL when he has one of the best pass rushes supporting him and one of the best receiving cores. And he only won by two in a regular season means nothing game that he was supposed to win. I don't know where this is coming from, and, you know, credit to the Tampa Bay Sun, credit to his workout routine. Um, Tom Brady looks uh, healthier and arms stronger than ever. You know, he's overthrowing 
uh, pretty regularly. So that should tell you something about how strong he's been getting, how much he's been hitting the gym. Which um, brings us to our first topic. Sam, you want to bring us in? Make your return? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I have been waiting for this. For everyone that doesn't know, uh, except for my lovely fiance, because she keeps on bugging me about getting a job. And I said, I do have a job. I'm a betting man. I I definitely have to make my uh, I definitely have to make my money off of something. And I totally agree with her. I said, Michelle Mayo, you are absolutely right. I will be getting a job. My job is sitting on the computer, making parlays, over unders, making money for this family. And instead of going from making uh, f- you know triple digits in a week like I used to working for my old job, I am now working double digits per week. I'm but I'm making progress. Uh, and I hope we be making progress too on this podcast. But hey, progress like uh, progress like betting on the race. Yeah, okay. we don't need to go down that road. Michelle's not really happy about that, especially going <laughs> to Cancun and paying for that lovely trip. We were only oh there for God. a couple of days, but you know we don't have to. We don't have to live on that. And today we will be covering since it's Wednesday. Uh, I'm assuming this will be coming out within the next few days before uh, week nine. So there are a lot of good betting odds happening, and the reason I also talked about this is because. The recently in week eight, there are a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets. Weird game. A lot of weird games, but definitely, I think it's a great time since we're in midway. Most of these teams are either you know, starting to find you know, the swing of things, or they're just starting to go downhill. But that's the best thing about betting is you can bet the lines, the over-unders. You can bet, you know, put a parlay in it, like who's going to get the first interception. Blah. There's so many things. Heck, you can even bet on who wins the coin toss. I might throw that in for a parlay. Sammy, you so, are way far in. <laughs> I, I need to, man. I've seen a lot of these. I, I just saw Uncut Gems. You know how much money I can make? Oh, that's why. <laughs> As soon as you see a celebrity doing a Boston accent, you start to uh, get into what they're in. Well, even better, when they have a Boston Celtic like Kevin Garnett in there. You know, I, right? I, uh, um, I don't know if you were able to listen to a couple of the guest episodes while you were hiding down in Cancun. Um, there was We had a fun time with those 08 Celtics tearing them a new one. Um, but so, uh, Sammy, you, 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 oh, you're, I you're, you're the king of betting among the two of us right now. Um, I don't know how your fantasy football season is going. Mine's going great, and that's the only sort of uh, – th- that's as far as I'm getting into the game right now. But um, kudos to you for making this topic. With coming off of uh, a week eight where we saw a bunch of upsets, it's more popular than ever to bet the dog um, coming into week nine. What are you thinking? Because I know you were toying around with the idea of taking the Saints as something wild, getting some wild returns off of that. I don't think that anyone intelligent is taking the Saints um, in Week Nine against Tom Brady's Bucks. No. What do you have going into Week Nine? Uh, so, Raiders at Chargers. The line is the Chargers are one and a half point favorites. Over under is fifty three points. I am taking the Raiders in that game. I definitely think with a team that's four and three like the Raiders beating the Chargers that are 2-5, and five, and they're 1-2 and two at home, it, I would definitely take I would take the 1.5 point. I would take the Raiders beating the Chargers and that over-under. I would definitely I, – but here's – I would pick the under, though. I wouldn't go – I don't think they're scoring more okay. than 50 points in that game. Really? I don't think they're scoring more than 53 points. Uh, show your work. Okay, so 
I'm not a believer in the or well, I'm a believer in Justin Herbert for the Chargers. But Derek Carr, I just feel like it's more of a defensive game. This one's going to be definitely a more defensive game. And the Chargers are definitely taking on the role as this season's Atlanta Falcons. They may put up 17 to, you know, maybe 20 points, 21 points max all game. They might put that up in the up to three quarters. Then after that, nothing else after that. And then I think the Raiders would score 20, 20 so, points. So, uh... I think that in this that is an intelligent round. pick. I almost took this one as well. Um, I think that you are dead wrong on the uh, on taking the under. <laughs> Just because both of these offenses are wildly prolific. Um, and while the Chargers... Uh, chargers are going to charger, um, is the saying. Um, I do think, too, that you are underestimating what their defense can do against a mistake-prone, we'll say, offense. That being said, um, I am taking, uh, I'm going to be taking a look at, for my side, the New York Giants, my New York Giants at the Washington football team. Um, The Washington football team is... Uh, coming in as a 3.5 point favorite. Uh, and there's going to be an over under of 43. So basically what they're telling you is, is that Washington wins by over a field goal and neither team gets above like 25 points. I <laughs> will gladly take the under. Um, I think that this is a very, very ugly, ugly game. However, not only do I pick my Giants to cover the spread. I pick them to win outright. I think that this Giants team has finally found its identity as an offense and as a defense. If you look at that Tampa Bucks game, the Giants went up against possibly one of the top three, top two teams in the league. You'll agree, right? Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, uh, well... I'd say top five. I wouldn't put him in top three. I Okay, that's fair. Yeah. The, like, you know, that, that top five is, like, yeah. pretty, you know, um, nebulous right now. But they got visited by a top five team um, run by the greatest quarterback of all time, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, with an offensive line that's leaky, um, behind a quarterback that's mistake and error prone. I'll, you know, I'll say that about Danny Dimes. They walked out of that game only down two points. And... This is sort of a momentum shift, I think, in their fortunes this season. The Giants are a team that play hard. They never uh, give up. I think they finally found a coach that they can get behind in Joe Judge. Um, I think Danny Dimes finally learned how to throw away the ball safely instead of trying to make a play out of every (laughs) single uh, lost touch of the ball. Um, And they're carrying that into a game in Washington against a team that I don't know if they know how to play hard uh, regardless of who the coach is. Their, their, their pass rush is fine, but we have but we came in against one of the best pass, rush, pass rushes in the NFL and still hung 23 on them with the potential for more. So I don't think I, – I, I trust the Raiders less than I do the Giants, oddly enough, because while the Raiders have those wins – 
I don't trust Derek Carr. I don't trust uh, Jay Gruden. Um, and Justin Herbert is a budding superstar in this league as surefire of a pick for uh, top 10, top 5 quarterback in the league one day, as soon as next year can be said. Um, so... You put him up. You put I, him up there I, like uh, Luca. You put you you putting the the Luca stamp on him. Well, who who who's a better who's a better at least uh, uh, putter of points on the board than Justin Herbert is? Well, I then get you really just uh, you really put it to me there because my boy Big Dick Joe is not doing I mean, anything he's, for me. He he's looking good. It's just I mean it's Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati. Um, so for me, and Justin Herbert is just, how do, how do I put this? He was, he was put into a situation that is more fraught than the one that Joe Burrow is in. Yes, it's the Bucks. Yes, it's the number one pick, but Justin Herbert got his first start like with five minutes notice. And there are games that have been lost. I don't think any of the Chargers' losses can actually be blamed on Justin Herbert. Yeah, um, I, could, I could see that. But... And so, coming into a game where, you know, he's coming into a game with uh, battling another offense that's mistake-prone, I think that this is a very good um, proving ground for Justin Herbert, and I think that everyone is going to rally around him on that Chargers team. Uh, so I like your pick. Um, and this is the most respect that I'll give to any one of your takes in the world, but I'm taking my Homer emotional pick coming off of, uh, highest. <coughs> sorry, uh, a great moral victory over your Raiders. <laughs> They're mistake prone. Do you, I don't think that the Raiders can actually ever win two games in a row. They can't. Let me let me look at the. Hold on. Let me look at their record right now. Uh, 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 do I hear a? You smell that? You smell that flying Hawaiian? It smells like a bet to me. I oh. Do you want? Do you want to bet another Benihana dinner? Oh, you dang right. Double or nothing. I'll bet you a, a lunch and two, dinner. So two Benihana. Uh, no, 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 no. Two Benihana dinners now. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, I'm getting right, so, fillet so mignon. Starting. So starting. Uh, you said you, you don't think that the Raiders can win more than two games in a row. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with last week because that that was their first win off of the loss against Tampa. So last week they beat the Browns. This week they are playing the Chargers. I think that is a win. Next week they are playing the Broncos in Denver. Um. Oh. Oh no! I'm no, not playing the Broncos in uh, Las Vegas. Sorry. I'm. I am picking the Broncos in that game too. Oh, how dare you? This is so... How dare you? You're way off. Man, you're way off, you know, more off than that ridiculous George jersey you're wearing. Don't be dissing my Patriots. Don't uh, be dissing my George Mason Patriots. Oh, Don't be dissing uh, my Final Four George Mason Patriots. Sorry, everyone. He couldn't find his Troy Bolton jersey in the closet, so... No, no, it's a Chad Danforth. Oh, don't, sorry. Don't sorry. mess with that. Corbin Sorry. Blue, um, uh, I, you'll always have a fan in me. You'll always have a fan in me, Corbin Blue. Okay. Um, how, how many how many points do you think he put in a game? I bet Corbin Blue? Put, yes. How many points? Oh man, Corbin Blue. I like. I bet he has like. Uh, 
I think he has like a second round, maybe one time All Star trajectory coming into the NBA. Oh, I really do. Okay. What what college does he go I to? Do. What college does he go to? Um, plays, you know what? He plays high school. He plays for the Wildcats in New Mexico. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think he okay. goes to UNLV. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to UNLV. The UNLV. Um, and then he, I think he is going to he he gets drafted uh maybe in the second round. I think he goes to like um a Popovich I mean, Spurs team. I was thinking um, he'd go to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Have you seen his behavior? He doesn't. He doesn't belong in Utah. You, you think um, he'd get booted out in Utah pretty quick? Yeah, I um, I really, really, really love what the Raiders have done. I think that Jay Gruden has already um, proven himself to be, you know, a solid head coach. But these are the Raiders, and the proof is in the pudding that they choke at bad moments and that they can win against any team in the nfl but they can also be beat by any team in the nfl uh, i i could absolutely 100 percent actually disagree with you on this one hey i'm gonna give i'm gonna give a shout out to my 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 good friend who's a raiders fan uh glenn nelson glenn nelson i'm rooting for you baby Uh, i i believe in the raiders Uh, the las vegas raiders are going places they will win against the chargers they will win against the broncos next week and after that uh my boy juju can go suck on a fat one and he can definitely owe a benihana dinner for me down the road in the near future you're down one benihana dinner you said double or nothing i I don't owe you jack catch back up i need to i need to catch back up and this is this is the my Okay, well, all right, here's another. Let's throw a parlay in there. Who's throwing the first pick, Derek Carr or Danny Dimes? <laughs> Shoot. Um, uh, so you got to uh, win this way. Uh, okay, wait, wait, okay. This is the only dependable way you're winning? This this is a prop bet for, like, a, for Benny Hanna? Like, on, on the separate? I'm, all right. I'm loving it. So, Derek all right, Carr all right, has all right. thrown two interceptions the whole season. Would you like to know how many... Your boy uh, Danny Dick, sorry, Danny Dimes has thrown the you know this whole season. Would you really like to know? I'm pretty sure he's like on his way to Jameis Winston territory. So as many touchdowns as he has, he has picks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... Hey, who invited the stand-up comedian? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. But in any case, over, I, okay, over, under, more, more interceptions than touchdowns or under. No, he's gonna, he, he, his, his touchdown to interception ratio is gonna be positive. Um, I, 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 I think, you know what? I'll take that prop bet with you. I'll take my emotional prop bet. Okay. Um, well, I'm taking right, well, Danny Dimes. You know, okay. Um. Yeah, spoiler alert, Danny Jones has thrown for nine interceptions and seven touchdown passes. So. You know what? I actually uh, anticipated worse, so this, is, this isn't half bad for me. All right, well, we'll let, we'll let the people vote. We will let the people vote on who they think is going to win this bet. I think I do. I think I pulled the W out. No one trusts the Raiders. Okay. Coming into round two. Uh, Sammy, you're a big rewatchables fan, right? Oh, man, I've seen so many movies. I can quote anything. It's not even funny. I I love rewatching movies, and I love sports movies as well. They can either be, but they can. You can agree with me. They can either be like really good or they can be really bad. Uh, yeah, like a uh, rookie of the year. 
that's a freaking good movie. Don't be touching that. If anything, we're going to be you know, <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. No. Mel Clark? I still no. do this. No. Mel Clark. We'll fight about this later, but the cast alone in Angels in the Outfield blows yours to shreds. Uh, I, I will um, give that to I, you only because there are two Academy Award winners in that in Angels in the Outfield. One of them is Matthew McConaughey, which I'm still shocked about. Every time I see that movie, I'm like, oh, crap, he's in the movie? Yeah, dude. And then, Comeback story. And then someone else. Not only him, we have young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We have Danny Glover. We have Christopher Lloyd. We have Doc Brown in our movie. Adrian Brody. Neil McDonough for all you CW Arrow fans out there. We have, we have, we have Dr. Hot Lips off of, I think like Grey's Anatomy or General Hospital or something, Dermot Mulroney. We have a stacked cast here in Angels in the Outfield. But, case in point, <laughs> rewatchable sports movies um, have always been a thing. Uh, uh, they've always been a part of me and Sammy's lives. We had, what was it, episode one, I think we talked about it? Yeah, episode one was the Mount Rushmore of sport films. Yeah, and uh, one of the movies that we mentioned that sadly didn't make um, uh, the Mount Rushmore for either of us, but is one of the greatest films of all time, is Rocky. And um, possibly the greatest uh, film in the Rocky franchise, Rocky IV, is celebrating a very special anniversary this year. Sammy, did you like Rocky IV? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, it's I a movie enjoy, i rewatched it the other day recently because this month is the 35th anniversary and uh, another podcast came out with an episode talking about it and i was really listening and it's funny with this other podcast talking about like you know they really point out a lot of things and i'm just like it really opens your mind i'm like oh my god it really makes you think like was the movie that bad or was it that corny like no <laughs> no a, no it's it's that bad and that good uh, yeah, and when I first saw Rocky Four, and I'm really shocked and ashamed of myself that I didn't put Rocky in my Mount Rushmore of like best sport films because me being Italian and that was like one of the first sport underdog movies I was introduced to. I love the Rocky franchise. The only reason why Rocky didn't make my Mount Rushmore is because I personally, and I don't want to be mean. I can't understand Rocky if captions aren't on. <laughs> like you suck. it's it's really no, it's really bad, man. I no, this isn't even a joke. Like I feel really bad about it. Uh, you're not the only one. My when I introduced my fiance to the movie series, she thought it was good, but sometimes she was like, "What is he saying? What is he saying?" And I'm like, "Stop it! Listen." It's true though. Maybe if you I, open your ears, you'll hear. Bring, bring her on here like she and i can like agree on that but um so uh rocky is it holds a special place in uh the sports movie landscape its characters are icons apollo creed is one he is an american hero rocky is maybe the only fictional character to have a statue in a real life city um much to the chagrin of charles barkley um Sorry, Chuck. Uh, so, your interesting idea uh, was to put together our picks for a hypothetical title fight that didn't include Rocky Balboa. Because by all means, 
talent-wise and funding-wise, one of the things that makes Rocky charming is that he simply shouldn't be in this discussion. Um, and it is by fairy tale alone that he enters into this upper echelon of fighters um, and becomes the dream of every uh, amateur to semi-pro uh, fighter entering the game. So, Sammy, uh, you, you, you go ahead with your pick again. Go ahead, lead us in. Who are you picking for this hypothetical prize fight? I am actually going to be taking specifically since I love this character so much and he's in multiple movies in the franchise. I'm definitely taking Apollo Creed from the first movie to take on whoever you got because, I mean, well, one, he was the current world champion. Probably one of the coolest, most patriotic entrances. I'll say second most coolest patriotic entrance I've ever seen right behind Rocky Four, But... A lot of people are saying, like, well, why don't you take the Rocky IV uh, Apollo? Because he looked like he was in great shape. Uh, I think that's mostly vanity muscle. Uh, Past his prime. Past his prime. Past his prime. And I definitely think he was outmatched going into that. But I definitely feel like he was so in his prime facing Rocky. I mean, he was just, like, looking through the book, like, just picking, you know, just picking a random name or whatever, something good. And... He's a smart guy. He shows not only is he physically a, a phenomenal boxer, but he's a smart, a smart guy. Because I remember when they were looking at that book in the first movie, uh, his manager, his you know, you know, guy Duke, his trainer was just like, "Ooh, Southpaw, you should stay away from." Him. He's like, "Southpaw, nothing." He's like, "I'm gonna put down the." Tra-. I'm like, "Hell yes!" Like, yes. Or another great line from uh, the four. I was throwing the fourth movie where he's like, "You know, I fought the best, not beat the best. I've re- retired more men than Social Security." My God, this guy can put, promote a great fight. He's making great money. You know what the difference is between him and Rocky? He will accept the money. He will not do a fight for free. So promotional-wise, he will make great money. I think whoever he faces, he'll put him down in, uh, as long as it's not Drago. I would see him go down and maybe, or put the guy down in the fifth or sixth round. Feel him out in the first two rounds. He's going to put on a good show. I, I could see he has great footwork too. I love his footwork. He does. Um, but I think that he does spend too much time dancing. And I think one of the reasons why he's able to be challenged by Rocky in the first place is because he's too much of a slave to spectacle. Um, and he gets distracted. You know what? Maybe that's, you know what? Okay. You, know? you know what? Then in that case, I'll take. I'll take Apollo in the second movie then, because he's more focused in that. That's I will, fine. I will take I will take Apollo in the second movie. That's fine. You could tell he is way more focused. That's fine. He, take again, take, now, take Apollo. But but, but Juju, you're, but Juju, you are ripping me apart because in the second movie, when Rocky talks to Apollo after you just said like you know he's dancing in the first movie, he's not taking it too seriously, and now I'm just kind of like, oh my god, was he not taking it seriously? But then now I'm remembering Rocky talking to apollo in the hospital in the beginning of the second movie he talks to apollo he's like hey can you you know answer me a question uh, and apollo's like yeah what's up and he's like you know did you give it your best and apollo's like yeah yeah i did and i'm just like Crap, i'm, I'm like- and I'm, I, and i'm sure he gives it his best i think that every fighter thinks that they give it their best unless you know i don't i i don't think that apollo would have walked into that fight and not given it his best to his knowledge. Like there, there, there are very few examples of 
a player like or, or, or a fighter walking into the ring or onto the court or onto the field and being so disengaged that they know consciously that they weren't doing their best. Point is, is that even at his best, he was distracted. I'm taking the man who feasts on unfocused fighters, who taunts unfocused fighters and knows how to play a good head game. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T himself. You want someone that is a no-nonsense fighter, someone that walks into the ring with the swagger of an Apollo Creed, with the focus of Drago, and with the pure punching power of Rocky Balboa, you have Clubber Lang, the most physically dominating, the most focused foe that Rocky has ever had that wasn't controlled by the KGB. <laughs> and you get Clubber Lang. He is evidenced to throw himself full tilt into anything he ever does, goes at it 100%, and I don't think Apollo in either movie is in the right headspace to beat him. Why? In the original Rocky, you get a distracted world champion Apollo that lets a no-name fighter go, what, like 12, like, like a full fight with him. And that is exactly the sort of headspace that Rocky was in when Clubber Lang beat him. Second, in Rocky 2, you have the movie where Rocky actually beats Apollo Creed, and by transitive property, Clubber Lang beats champion Rocky, Clubber Lang beats champion Apollo Creed. Uh, okay, well, we, we can't go off... I mean, I guess we could go off of that, but I'm not going to because Clubber just killed Rocky's trainer five minutes before the match. You know, when he's just, like, saying, I'm the baddest in the world, Rocky's like, you're not so bad at me. That's that's one of my favorite scenes in Rocky Three is when uh, you, you know, Tr Clubber is just talking so much smack. All Rocky says is, you don't look so bad to me, and then Clubber's like, what'd you say, Pepper Champion? Like... Which is great. So yes, I love I, that. I, I, I laugh so hard because I'm like, wow, he just got so pissed after. You know what? Just saying, you don't look bad. He, My whole so much Rocky could have said worse than that, but all he could say was just like, you're not bad. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> which is probably roid rage, to be honest. A. Oh, that, which is why I think I win because I don't even think Clubber passes the drug test. Okay, if we're talking about like these same fight rules, if we're allowing Dennis Rodman in a fight retroactively with Ron Artest, we're allowing Clubber Lang in this uh, fight. All right, you you relax. Um, um, but so for me, uh, the second part of that is I don't think Clubber Lang. He said, "What you say?" He also didn't understand what Rocky says outside of captions. What you say, Pepper Champion? And with that too. I want my fighter to be angry in a fight. Are you kidding me? Like, I'd rather that he's going to go after and get after Apollo Creed. And I don't think Apollo Creed is in the right headspace to deal with someone that's going for his head with every swing. Uh, and we're not fighting Rocky. We're fighting Apollo. I, I don't know. I just, the way that... I felt like Apollo would have owned Clubber, considering, especially when they were just meeting each other for the first time. I'm assuming that's the first time. We never hear them face each other before or after that. Like, Clubber, or Apollo tries to, like, shake Clubber's hand, and Clubber's like, get that hand out of my face. He's yeah, like, man. Creed. 
Come on, Creed. I, I ooh, love that. Apollo looked like ooh. Apollo looked like he was about to deliver deliver one. And... Nah, man. Apollo's scared. Apollo is scared oh. of any fighter that takes him actually seriously. Like he, if you want to talk paper champ, actually, he mentions in the original Rocky that all the other native, all the other challengers that are viable are injured or retired, and he doesn't want to fight any of them. And he he just he he picks so he, he could have picked any number of challengers before going into the amateur lists and picking out Rocky from a crowd. Are you kidding me? This man is obsessed with spectacle and pomp and circumstance, and that is exactly the kind of thing that Clubber Lang loves to feast off of trash talk and mentality-wise. There's a reason why you picked him originally, and I think I stumbled upon it, and that yeah, is that I, reason. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no allegations uh, upon... I have no comment on the allegations that are uh -huh. being held upon me. Uh -huh. The fact that uh, the only prediction Clubber Lang can make is pain i feel like that was a hint hint he knew he was gonna lose to rocky in the second fight and apollo apollo is just mentally i think a lot smarter than clubber clubber gets too emotional in the ring you can tell after that first round when he faces rocky in the second fight he, he's just like ah! like you know just going crazy like ah! i think it's the roids talking but the roids got to his head Mess with his brain, which is why he lost in the third well, so round we're, against Rocky. But but we're talking about we're talking about in their primes, right? So I'm taking Clubber Lang as the top challenger winning that championship, and you're taking Prime Apollo. Prime Apollo does not really respect any challengers, and that's what his downfall was to Rocky Balboa, and that's going to be his downfall to a focused challenger like Clubber Lang. Uh. I mean, I feel like it with the publicity of Clubber Lang. See, Clubber Lang. The difference between Clubber and Rocky when they first were like introduced. Apollo didn't know much about Rocky. Clubber knows about, or sorry, um, Apollo knows about Rocky. So you would think he's more prepared now as a prime fighter. And I'll say this: Apollo's got balls. I think he knew in that fourth movie he was going to die. And so I don't want a fighter that I don't but, want a fighter. He, <laughs> he did not want the towel thrown. He did not want the towel thrown. My point is he ain't afraid. He is not afraid of no man. I mean, that's he's not afraid of no man, but you can't make dumb decisions like that in the ring, man. Like if we're talking about like uh, going retroactively into our uh, uh, into the previous undercard, the reason why Danny Dimes keeps making mistakes is because he doesn't know when to throw in the towel. That is Apollo Creed's mistake.
Well, all right. Well, final question before we take it to the votes. Uh, the the Vegas odds in this fight. What what's your Vegas? For what I do you will think say, Vegas is doing? I I will say this. I think Vegas likes to play it safe. They like to make sure that the house always wins. I do think that um, Clubber Lang enters this fight as a challenger and a dog, un, like below Apollo Creed. I will say that. Um, Apollo Creed is a mainstay. He is a sexy name, and he is the blue blood, blue chip fighter. Whereas Clubber Lang, no one really knows about him. There's always that uncertainty factor. So I think that he actually comes in as sort of like a McGregor personality uh, into... This is going to be his big statement fight if he wins. Um, so I think somewhere around 350 in favor of Apollo. Uh, you're, you're, you're about on the spot. I was thinking like 400. Yeah, but so like... 400. Though that's a that's a more that's a narrower margin than uh, we would initially think, though, for you know for a blue blood flight for a blue blood fighter as established as Apollo Creed is. So I think that this is a very I think Vegas can tell that Clubber Lang has a non-zero chance to not only win but possibly knock out Apollo Creed in, in later rounds. I think if Clubber wants to beat Creed, he's got to knock him out quick, like within the first few rounds, because I don't think he'll be able to last with Creed. I will say, I, 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 can, I can see that. And I, 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 I could I give you... Like I could see it. I could see it going the distance, but unanimous decision, Apollo Creed. Um, I think Clubber Lang wins by knockout in the sixth. Sixth. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for you. Sixth. I'm taking. Well, okay, I'm, so so this is actually this is funny. Uh, so I looked up the boxing record, obviously with Apollo Creed. Uh, forty-seven wins, wins by knockout. For, I, th this is uh, I think this is like the film's fault, or maybe it's fault. Whatever. Wins by knockout. 46. Uh, I think that one win by not knockout was his decision over Rocky and Rocky won. Well, yeah, obviously. But my point so is, obviously. I think it's just, I think it's funny that he, he's 46 knockouts. <laughs> 46 I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not heard of. Um, I mean, Clubber I Lang is, of, it sounds like some gold WCW Goldberg stuff. Happening may, here. I mean, like the same stats for Clubber Lang. Um, and in fact, he has a 100% knockout rate before the loss against Rocky in his title defense. He didn't have a single fight where it wasn't a knockout. So we're talking about, here's, here's, here's the difference between those two fighters for me. I think Apollo Creed is very much a dancer. He was, you know, the, the makers of the movie modeled him after Muhammad Ali. Someone that is an endurance fighter in the ring that knows how to dance, knows how to bob and weave, and is more of a counter-punching uh, uh, power hitter. Clubber Lang is like a Manny Pacquiao, a machine gun storm of fists that comes in very quick and likes to win fights quickly. Um, I do think that he wins this fight because he wears down Apollo. Apollo makes those mistakes of underestimating how hard and how many hits uh, Clubber Lang gets in 
I do think that there are at least two knockouts or two knockdowns before uh, the knockout in round six. And Clubber Lang just beats him down. Discombobulation, man. Well, you know what? We'll let Vegas decide on that one. Hopefully we get our you know props bets going. And before we finish with this uh, part, uh, a little uh, still in the boxing, but um, more realistic. Um, Mike Tyson, you gonna put money on him to win in November? Is it November or is it December? I think it, it. I think it, it's it December. I might be wrong. I think it got pushed okay. back. Um, okay. I think. Have you seen Mike Tyson's training lately? Yes. He yes. is I, fast. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm already I'm putting money on Tyson. Winning. He is <laughs> fast. Like I, like I will put money on Tyson. Like he and and he's gotten bigger, right? Like since he retired, obviously. But the fact that he is still that quick scares me. Um, I do think that I'm putting money on Tyson. Uh, I mean, just for the memes, right? You need to do it for just the memes. For the meme, yeah. Do it for and the culture. You, you need you know to be a part. And we were never old enough or part enough for the world of like you know betting on tyson or you know people making predictions but this is awesome this is awesome we're over 18 we're over 21 we're legal yeah so now we'll be able to make legit you know betting odds on mike tyson it'll be exciting um but so you know what listeners sound off on this uh i actually think that these are two pretty even uh undercards that we have going in right now i think they could both go either way um Either one of me and Sammy can get sushi plus a Blackstone Grill coming into this, uh, coming into this uh, next episode, coming into this couple of undercards. Well, if I make good food on that griddle, if I make good food on that griddle, maybe I'll open up a, a restaurant chain in my backyard. More than welcome to come. Uh, $10 cover. I'll, gla- <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly take that, man. Um, All right. So let's uh, let's leave it up to the fans. Let's leave it up to our 50, 60 listeners. Who do you take versus Clubber Lang and Prime Apollo Creed? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Samuel has been MIA for a couple of episodes. Um, the last episode that he was in, I believe, we had a very heated discussion where I lost my voice for two days after um, talking about... Sent me to another country. <laughs> I, You know, as, as divided as this country is over its current political landscape, Sammy and I are equally divided over something way more trivial, um, and that is LeBron's place, LeBron James's place among the all-time greats after his fourth and possibly most difficult championship run Samuel believes that it is still irrefutable uh, that Michael Jordan is still the greatest player of all time I think that there is a legitimate debate and for me LeBron James because of the circumstances that he has played in has overtaken Michael Jordan or at the very least Again, there is a very valid debate between the two for the greatest players of all for the greatest player of all time. Oh my god. Sammy has prepared his statement. Um he has he has prepared at nine AM. He has prepared to uh talk my ear off about some nonsense. Uh 
and it is his turn. This is Goat Fight Round 2. Sammy, you have the floor. Thank you, Juju. Um, I prepared a lovely song for um, to show the story and history of Michael Jordan. And no, not Michael B. Jordan from the film Creed. This is a lovely song. <clears throat> Once upon a time in Chicago where people were bull fans and lived life slow. I'm, just, I'm not going to go. You're about to lose this in a landslide, buddy. <laughs> You're about to lose. I, I was, no, I was, I was not going to. I was not going to go down that road. All right, but I did come up with a a script for myself written uh, by Michael Jordan himself. Uh, I asked for his help to um, save me in a situation like this. Okay. So, quote, why wouldn't I be picked for to be the GOAT? I have six reasons why I am the GOAT. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't go that way either. All right, but okay, but for real, for real. Enough of the comic routine. For those of you that don't know, I used to be a stand-up comedian. A lot of people ask how that went. Well, what do you think? I'm unemployed. So, keeping moving forward. So, why I think Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Um, I'm just going to shoot off a couple basic thing, basic stats, simple stats. Nothing to like, oh, six and up, but I'm just uh, going to cover the simple stats. Uh, very quickly. So 13 seasons in the league. He won, we all know, six championships, six finals MVPs, five regular season MVPs. He was a 12-time All-Star, 10-time, you know, first team, one-time second team as a rookie. He won Defensive Player of the Year in 1988, nine all-defensive first teams, and he was a 10-time scoring leader. Now, Besides that, in college, 82 NCAA title, 84 player of the year in college. Uh, Juju, I don't know, and I want to ask you this. Do you care much about um, what players do between college to the NBA? Because I know you are a college basketball person. You're a bigger bas- um, college basketball person than I am. Didn't know what your take was I think on something like that. Yes. But in this context, I don't think that it's relevant because while Michael Jordan was in college, LeBron James was leading the Cavs to a final series. So, and, and I understand that. I'm not trying to shove it like, oh, LeBron doesn't have a title. Like, honestly, I mean, LeBron probably would have won a title uh, if he did go to college. But, you know, he did because during that time, that was such a short period. And that's kind of something I wanted to defend on the Michael Jordan part is everyone saying, well, kind of like what you just said. Well, while, you know, MJ was in college uh, for Carolina, LeBron was like with the Cavs. It's like, well, like that's MJ's fault. Like that rule was not in play when MJ was playing. You had to go to college during the time when MJ was playing. Like, he was so good in college, the co- the coach basically told him, hey, you need to go in the draft. Where And you can agree, in most stories that we hear about, it's the players making the decision and the coaches are like, I think it's early, but you know what? It's your life. You make the decision if you want to go to the draft. His own coach told him personally, you need to get off this college team and go pro. 
like get out of here and moving forward with that um michael jordan scored 31.5 points per game and in any bulls jersey scored he scored more points on an average night than any player ever now when he was not on the bull life so basically when he went to the wizards or whatever for two seasons uh he put up 30.12 points per game that's still pretty that's still the highest and i think right behind him is wilt chamberlain by like a couple decimal points but moving on with that he i think the coolest thing that i like about mj at the time was he with injuries you know there's a lot of injuries now in the nba a lot of players miss a lot of different games and that was another question i want to ask you why do you think more players are missing more games now than back then um because when you uh miss less games with a tougher game schedule your career lasts uh, a, a shorter amount of time uh you are more likely to oh i don't know um break your foot and spend an entire season off the court um you're more okay. likely to all right that's it you, you you had you had your answer you had your podcast episode <laughs> sit down now i'm moving on never he never missed four games in a single season aside from the 86 injury and the 95 return Aside those, never missed four games in a single season. I thought that was cool. Um, now, then again, LeBron was the first player to ever win against the Boston Celtics while the full moon was out on a Tuesday night wearing white socks. That's a great stat line. Uh, thank you, ESPN, for that stat line. I greatly appreciate it. I've never no one has. seen that stat line before, but I appreciate them for it. That's a great stat line. You know, LeBron, MJ doesn't have that stat. I'm like, come on, MJ. Like, really? So, moving on with that. Uh, during his time being, uh, when he was losing in the playoffs very early on, he was losing uh, He was losing against the, the best. And I'm not saying – I'm only talking about MJ. I'm not talking about LeBron. He – so, the teams that he played uh, – Five of the teams that he lost to in the NBA or in the NBA playoffs made the NBA finals. Three of those teams won the title. So it wasn't like he was facing any crap hole team during his time. And people were like, oh, well, he didn't have Scottie Pippen or he didn't. Oh, no, he did have Scottie Pippen with him when he was making those runs. I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, he didn't have Scott. No, he did have Scottie. He, obviously, he didn't come into Rome yet. He wasn't, you know, Scottie Pippen at that time. But he did have Scottie Pippen. And during the time of the Dynasty run, the three, the you know, the three-peat, or, yeah, the three-peat, this is the, the lineup for that Dynasty run. You got MJ, Scottie, you got Paxson. By the way, Scott, uh, Paxson put up... Uh, seven points per game oh yeah america that's um that's something you should be scared of bill bill cartwright uh four points per game oh my god yeah someone called the police. yeah oh my god yeah let's be scared and horace grant who was just an up and coming don't player don't don't throw away horace grant part of the way hey i am speaking 
Where, where, where is the, where's the debate? Where's the bit debate quarter? Um, I need to, can I get my, go ahead, filibuster, filibuster your heart out. Go ahead. Go ahead. The filibuster. Yes. So, and during that time being MJ, all right, you know what? Fine. I'll give it to you. Horace Grant, not up and coming, but he was, he was good. He did average 30 points per game. At least that's what I like, hmm. read. I was kind of shocked about that. MJ still was playing hero ball at that time. We don't see much of that anymore unless the team's not that good and you have that one player that basically needs to carry the team. MJ always was playing hero ball when it came down in the last few minutes, and I love that about him. I don't know. I guess... Most of the time, most of the things I remember from LeBron, yes, he did have those hero ball moments, but most of the time you see, you know, the assists, you know, definitely getting the team involved. MJ was like, no, y'all are rallying around me. And that, I don't consider that a bad thing. A lot of people can consider that bad. I consider, you know, hey, if he's the best player on the team, that shouldn't be Y'all shouldn't be, like, dissing him or anything like that. And with that, he was one – coming off, he was one of the best mid, mid-range scorers of all time. And he had, statistically, still the highest player efficiency ever. Highest, you know, offense box – you know, box score plus minus. Five most – or, yeah, the fifth most win shares. The most win shares per 48 minutes – and then now we're gonna and now we're gonna go into more since I got all the stats out of the way, now I'm going into why I think MJ is better. Yes. LeBron James just has the stature, the body, the build to just go through, truck through everyone, make the slam dunk, definitely take control of the court. But Le, or Michael watching him and watching the replays of games it he definitely had to find an alternative he couldn't just run down the court and you know get the slam dunk. he had to do those acrobatic moves the, he did so much magic with that basketball in his hands with the layups and for him being a guard like averaging more you know he averaged like the most blocks especially like just being a guard alone that's just crazy and the defense he played he yes we always see the magic of him playing on offense and all these like great shots i love defense in a player and we obviously remember a lot in defensive moments like lebron james had his block LeBron or MJ had his moment too with the lovely Carl Malone steal in game six. What a beauty. And really watching Michael and how he, I'm, I'm going to go down this road. Sorry. I love you, Juju, but you're going to kill me on this one. I feel like MJ changed the game of basketball 
LeBron changed teams. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast of your grudge match. If you want to follow us later, you can. All right. Thank you. Good night. Oh, wow. You took that better than I thought. <laughs> Keep grinning. I love this look on your face. Because you know what? This is what I had to go through. Say what you said keep, again. Keep, Say keep. what you said again. Say what you said again. Say what you said again. Make MJ, cha- MJ, MJ changed the game. LeBron changed teams. Bitch. It's okay. You can cry. <laughs> he made the game. Win- oh, grab the bear. Oh, grab the teddy bear. Oh. Poor thing. Uh, it's okay. You can cry it out. Cry it out. You can cry it out. You, you can cry it out. You had your mo- You had your head. You had your moment. I was quiet the whole time holding my little piggy bank while you were making your dang statements. But you know what? And I'm going to end on this note before you even say anything. And I know this will be the one thing you will agree you will agree on. Picking between Michael Jordan and LeBron James will be like picking who is you know who you think the greatest guitarist of all time is, Jimmy Page or Jimi Hendrix. Who do you think? It, and I'm it, it's just as close as politics. People are going to always have that one side they're always going to have that one side and there's nothing that could happen that will change their mind except in, you know in sports i know you asked me this what did lebron have to do to change my mind on mj being or you know lebron being the greatest of all time that is it the championships really do mean something. You can't ignore it. You cannot. And I guess what's really not it not irked me, but one thing I want I've wanted to see, and I know he's been like runner up for it in years past. Defensive player of the year. Why has he not won defensive of the player? By that metric. Tim Duncan is the greatest player of all time. Right? Why would you say that? Right? 15... Uh, He's up there. 15, 15 like, all-defense selections. Eight first-team selections. Seven second-team. You know, outside of... Uh, like, as soon as Michael Jordan fell off his first-team all-defense uh, plateau... There was nothing. So that's, uh, it's not great. Um, by your rings metric, I guess Bill Russell is the greatest player of all time, right? Listen, Juju, you know what? You know what really grinds my gears? You're going to be throwing all, I could throw the same things to you when you're saying LeBron's the greatest player. You know, oh, he did that. So titles don't matter. Uh, no, they do. Points per game don't matter. No, they do. I'm telling you, there is nothing. This will be, this is black and white. This will not be gray area. This is a gray area. 
That's the whole point. That's what I'm arguing. It, it is a gray area because we can talk back and forth about who the greatest player of all time is no matter what. And you know what? Someone could come in tomorrow and say, hey, Bill Russell's the greatest player of all time. And that's the thing about sports. That's, that's why sports is awesome. That's why we can all connect because we all have our our favorites. That is all. That is all I wanted. Because my point is, is that there is a legitimate case for LeBron to be made as the greatest player of all time. That you're agreeing with that, right? You can try. You could try. You can try. I'm saying congratulations. You are now in the category of trying to make the case. And so are you now, because there is a challenger. <laughs> there is a challenger to that title, and you are scared, Samuel. You are scared. Oh, He's yeah, posed. Oh, I'm scared. He is oh. poised to claim a fifth title this next year. And he can oh, do yeah. it. Oh, you think I'm scared? You think I'm scared? He can do it. Oh, yeah? How about I hit you so hard you're back in high school? He can do it. God! That's fine. I'll I'll take... I'll be reincarnated as Chad Danforth. And I will gladly go to UNLV. I, you, shunt me back to high school. LeBron James is the greatest player of all Time, Samuel. Nah. Nah. Yeah. You, you, you smell that, um, you smell that juju? What, what, what am I supposed to be smelling, Samuel? It smells like another bet to me. Um, hey, we can, we can, we can do a legitimate bet. I'll, I'll, I'll put money on the Lakers winning this season. You really think they're going to win it all again? They're going to run it back. You really think that? I, I see that grin in your face. I do. Uh, I do. I really, really do. I really, really do. Because all, all that I care about, emotionally, I would love for my Nets to win the title. But honestly, as a grieving Nets fan, all I care about is us reaching the conference finals or the finals. You know what? See, this is why it's so... All right, so if the Lakers and Nets meet in the NBA Finals, what the hell are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> See, because... I'm going to be hugging my bear. <laughs> I really don't know, Samuel. Because <laughs> I will... Here's... Okay. You know how I said I will never buy a Lakers jersey? If the Lakers win the championship this this coming season... If they run it back again, I will buy an authentic Mitchell and Ness Lakers jersey. America, you heard it here. It has to be magic. 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 Why can't it be magic? It has to be magic. It has to be magic. It has to be magic. It has to be magic, Johnson. All right, fine. Okay, deal. Bet? Bet. All right. All right. But if the Lakers lose, if they lose, you need to buy a Mitchell and Ness. And it doesn't have to be real. It can be the swing man. Mitchell and Ness, Larry Bird jersey. Oh, I already have, I already have a Larry Bird jersey like on my, in my eye. That's not really a big deal to me. All right. Oh, oh, oh. You have to buy a Mitchell and Ness, John Starks, New York Knicks jersey. God, 
I, uh... <laughs> Can't it be someone that like I respect? Like, please. Whoa, what's what's the matter? Is someone is someone scared? Is someone scared that the the, the little Lakers are gonna? I would. I, I would. Are, are they? Are they? Uh, I. I would. I would take a spree. Well. I'd take a Zach Randolph. I play for keeps. Uh, a John Starks. John Starks, baby. Uh, bet. Oh. Okay. Woo. Bet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Wait, hold up, hold up, God. hold up. I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Trust me, I'm throwing up in my mouth too. What Wait, the hold, up, hold, up, hold 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 up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, hold up, hold up. Hold it's up. not even like, you're not even asking me for like a great Nick. You're asking me for the most <laughs> asshole Nick Trust of all me. time. Trust me, you're you're hurting me just for spending money on the Lakers alone. Hold that up. is a sin. That is a sin. But, 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 but as a Celtics fan, you can at least respect Magic Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. All right, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. How about we that? can do John Starks. Let me pick a Laker real quick. Uh, what? Please uh, do not. I, I have a feeling I know who you're picking. Please don't. I want. Please don't. Uh, please, don't. Uh, please don't. Please don't. Steve Nash Lakers. Oh no! <laughs> oh. That's it. That's what's on the line. Steve Nash. I. I like. If we we can we can have a further discussion for like authentic Mitchell and Ness stuff, but we'll yeah, do we can oh we can do like <laughs> we can do bonanza Steve Nash Lakers versus bonanza John Starks jersey. Oh my god! Oh, okay, I'm gonna puke. Oh, That's what I like. This is my nightmare. That's this what I like. Nightmare. That's what I like. What what if they don't have any more Nash authentic? Not authentic, just swing man. Because I don't like buy. I I bought a couple. A fake. I'm not digging fake jerseys anymore. I'd rather just be saving up for swingmans. Uh, nah, nah. Some some fake ones are good. Um. Oh my God. There are some Steve Nash jerseys on sale for like thirty bucks. Twelve dollars for a replica. Oh my God. I will. I will get this for you. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. Ab uh, oh my god. On, I'm rooting for the NBA. I'm rooting for the NBA this year. Please beat the Lakers. Oh my god. Please. Oh my well, god. The reason I'm so the reason I'm so into this right now is because. Uh, they're tied with the Celtics in you know championships. Now I can't say like you know I'm not that fan. That's like oh we've got seven seventeen championships because I wasn't alive for seven. I was only alive for one. Um, you know what? But that's the thing though. But we're not spending the money on it though. No. So no. Or no. I mean we are we are. But that that that's what defeats us. So basically this bet America, it's costing us like hundred and fifty bucks at the max. At the max. At the max. At the, At max, the max, it's costing us. So we got 150. At the max. Is there a parlay? Please, God, let's put a parlay um, in there. You, uh, 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 we can we can do like a side thing. Like we can be exempted if uh, the Lakers and the Nets meet in the finals, and then like downgrade it. If if they both meet in the finals. if they both make the finals, then we can renegotiate. If they both, so it we oh we renegotiate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What like for you know instead of a jersey a flat bill? Yeah, something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> okay, I like deal, that. Okay, deal. all right, America. All right, America. You're hearing this. So... Oh my God, Brooklyn, please make it to the finals. <laughs> the reason the reason I'm accepting that is because you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. So I don't want to. I don't want to see. Hey, it's a win-win situation for me. Hey, LeBron. Yeah, little Brooklyn. No, it kind of is. How? Well... 
It kind of you... is. <laughs> the bet is if the Lakers win the NBA Finals uh, against any team other than the Brooklyn the Nets. Nets. Yep. Uh, other than the Brooklyn Nets, if they win, they I will have to buy a Steve Nash Lakers jersey. Good God, this sounds horrible. And on the oh. flip side, if the Brooklyn Nets beat anyone other than the Lakers for the NBA championship, then I have to buy a John Starks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sammy, I literally had a gag reflex. I hate the Knicks so much. I hate the New York Knicks so I much. Hate the, I hate the Lakers. I hate them. I hate him so much. Oh my god! I literally had a gag reflex. I can't finish that sentence. It's like that. It's like we need we need the guy from we need your uh, was a Crowley or who who did oh Clayton Crowley. Eight. Yeah, we need Crowley on for his take for that bet. And we can do that. <laughs> we, we can swing that. We can swing that. All right, listeners, sound off. We really got off of the goat fight <laughs> thing. I think Sammy's an idiot for saying that there's no debate between <laughs> Michael Jordan no, and LeBron I think James. Michael Jordan's the greatest. <laughs> um. Oh, and by the way, before we officially sound off uh, our more here, so if anyone knows where I can buy an authentic Michael Jordan jersey, it's it sold out everywhere. Please um, reach out to me. Um, you can find me on social media, but please, I'm back. Please help me find a Michael Jordan jersey. I I'll be fine, that man. I'll be like, well, not 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 a fake one. I'm no, I'm a real. For a real what do you what do you take me for? This is authentic. Boy, you you just bought a Wildcat jersey. No, 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 I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I haven't yet. <laughs> how how much is that jersey? It's twenty four dollars. So I get your head in the game. <laughs> All right, well, listeners, sound off. Uh, uh, do you think that LeBron versus Jordan is a legitimate debate? And do you think Sammy is too addicted to gambling? Uh, <laughs> we might need to have an intervention with him. We'll see what happens next episode. How many people say yes? How many people say yes to that? Jesus (laughs) God, Samuel.